I really feel like uh, I was saying this earlier, but um, hmm. we've been on a series talking about the anointing, the anointed one, Jesus. And I really feel like God wants to break some things off people today. I really do. I don't know what that is, what it's going to look like, and I don't have anything in mind with that. But to just talk about Jesus and not encounter Jesus, there's a disconnect. Amen? So the last few weeks, we were looking at the story from Luke 4, where Jesus went to his hometown of Nazareth. He preached his first sermon after he was empowered by the Spirit, and he, he told them that he was the anointed one. And we know it didn't go so well, and uh, you know what happened there, but we know that the, Jesus is called the Messiah, he's called the Christ, he's called the Anointed One, that all means the same thing. It's the same word, just in different languages. So when we say he is the Christ, we say he's the Messiah, we say he's the Anointed One, it's all the same thing. And he is the Anointed One, amen? And he's anointed to do certain things. Amen? Yep. All right, I'm going, we're going to have a group participation uh, activity today, and it's called Say Amen to Everything I Say. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, unless, unless it's not good, then don't say amen to that, because that, that's possible. Hopefully it's not going to happen. But anyway, um, he is anointed to do certain things in our lives, amen? Amen. Amen. So, but his message didn't go over very well, and they tried to kill him. But for the last few weeks, we've been going over what was this message that he risked his life to share with us? What was this? And it's a message about the anointing. We can find it in Luke 4. We're going to read that today, 18 through 21. Jesus is reading this from Isaiah 61 and 61, 1 and 2. He said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. Just like that might as well be saying he's the Messiah here. To preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And then he closed the book, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were, who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So we've already looked at how Jesus is anointed to preach good news to the poor. Then last week we looked at how he's anointed to heal the brokenhearted. And he is, amen? Amen. amen. Have you experienced it? Yes. Aren't you glad that he, it was good news for you when you were struggling financially, when you were struggling uh, with spiritual poverty or any kind, type of poverty that we looked at, that there was good news from the anointed one, Jesus, the Messiah, the Christ, to, to proclaim good news in your life. Amen. And you're brokenhearted. There is good news that he's anointed to heal that. Amen. Well, today we're going to look at how Jesus is anointed to proclaim liberty to the captives. Amen. Liberty to the captives. He's anointed to pr proclaim, preach, and, to, and announce liberty to captives. So who are these captives? The word captive literally means a prisoner of war. And a prisoner of war is a person who's held, in ca who held captive by a hostile power, either during or immediately following a war or a conflict. So, for example, um, in Nazi Germany, they had over 1,000 POW camps. And in these camps, they were not, you know, a nice Airbnb or bed and breakfast. These places were, were nasty, dirty. Um, scary. They were scarce for food, scarce for sanitation. They sometimes be forced to do like really uh, harsh labor and things like that. And the enemy just didn't care. Well, if we don't treat them well, that's okay. If they die, they die. It doesn't matter to me. They don't. They don't care. So Jesus is anointed to proclaim liberty to those that are captive. 
And here's a, like, the prisoners of war. Prisoners of war. So we're going to look at what this means. We know that it did not mean freedom from their Roman oppression. It didn't mean that. That didn't happen until a long time later. And we know that it didn't mean freedom for John the Baptist when he was in captive in prison. All right? So what does it mean? I have a PowerPoint for this one. I think we're starting here. But uh, the word liberty here means freedom, pardon, deliverance, forgiveness, liberty, and remission. And Jesus anointed to tell you that. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. All right. It means freedom, pardon, deliverance. In the King James Version, it says deliverance in that verse, and it's in other places too. Forgiveness, liberty, and remission. Liberty also means to release from bondage or imprisonment, forgiveness or pardon of sins, letting them go as if they had never been committed, and remission of the penalty. It's a big word, liberty. And you can try to remember this, liberty, 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 liberty. I hope that sticks in your head later through today. Every time you hear that jingle on TV, you remember Jesus came to proclaim liberty, 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 liberty over your life. Right. Amen? Amen. Amen. He did. So the word remission, we typically hear it in regard to someone being in remission with cancer. But the word actually means the cancellation of a debt, a charge, or a penalty. You need to know. Knowing it's half the battle, I got a TV thing going on. That's G.I. Joe. <laughs> G.I. Joe. But we need to know, because how, how can we receive something that Jesus paid for for us if we don't even know what he did? That's right. Amen? Yeah. So to be clear, uh, the liberty we're talking about today is liberty from bondage, liberty from imprisonment, liberty from the, ch- the charges and the consequences and the penalties for our sins. Liberty. Okay, Jesus is anointed to proclaim liberty, complete liberty to the captives. So we can see a captive is someone bound in some type of bondage, some type of captivity, okay? They don't want to be, but they've been captured in something. So I want to just take a minute. We're going to hear people in the room. We can say some, but what's some things that you... Now, this might be easier for you to say someone else's stuff, but what's something that somebody might be bound to? Okay, you don't have to self-confess here, whatever, but you can tattletale on your neighbor or somebody. Don't say so-and-so struggles with this. Just, <laughs> just what is something that typically people are in bondage to? Sickness. Sickness, yes. What else? What? Fear. Fear, absolutely. Condemnation. Condemnation, yeah. Religion. Religion, yes. Worry. Worry. Mm-hmm. What was it? Lies. Lies, yeah. Guilt. Mm-hmm. Addictions. Addictions, yeah. Shame. Depression, right? Uh, drug and alcohol, we mentioned. Generational bondages. There's hopeless cycles that go through people's families. There's, we mentioned lying. There's also cheating. There's swearing. You know, some pe- for me, swearing wasn't really a, a struggle to stop doing. I had some, some days that I did it, and I did it on purpose. But when I decided to stop, it wasn't much of a struggle. I didn't have to go to a 12-step program to do that. I just knew that it was, it was time to stop talking like that. But for other people, they're actually wired a certain way. For them to start sw- stop swearing would be an actual move of God. Have you met him? I met one at the junkyard on the way to Rome Mountain all over that way. Well, that guy swore more than anybody I ever met. He had some colorful language. But for him to get set free from that, it'd probably be some kind of deliverance or some kind of something going on. Uh, cheating. 
Some people, the way they're wired, they can't help but cheat. You'd be playing a, a board game with them, they're going to cheat. They're going to try to make sure they win. It's, <laughs> hopefully you haven't met them, but it does happen. Um, swearing, uh, dirty jokes, pornography, sexual immorality, hatred, unforgiveness, anger, jealousy, self-centeredness, arguing, which can lead to fractions, uh, dissensions, a discord, all of these things, and many, many more, they're all through the Bible, are things that people can be bound to. And they're bound through believe lies, they're bound through family generational things, bound through sin. But even good things that become idols in our life can become bondage. They can. I'll give you an example. Food. Absolutely good. I'm a fan. Sometimes I'm too big of a fan. <laughs> okay? Uh, exercise is a good thing. But sometimes we don't do it. Right? Or sometimes we do it too much and we get addicted to it. We've got to lift weights until we're bigger than whoever. Uh, money is neutral, but it can be, you can be loving it. It can be a, an idol worship in your life. Sex is a good thing, but it can be a bad thing if you're addicted and it's, it turns into perversions and things. And religion, like Debbie mentioned, it's a good thing until it's not. Right? So uh, they're all good things in their context when they're, and, and, uh, and when they're, not pro- when they're properly balanced with self-control and the truth of God's word. But when you take something out of balance and you put it over here, it becomes perversion, uh, a heresy even, it can be bad. Like Bible reading can become bondage to people. Yeah. Is it good to read your Bible? Absolutely. I'm not telling you not to read your Bible. I want you to read it. You should read it every day. But if you have to read X number of chapters every day, before you feel less guilty or less, less right. guilt, condemnation, and shame. That's not the Holy Spirit. God might say to you, hey, why don't you read this today? But he's not going to be like, you stink because you didn't read 10 chapters. Right. That's never God. And I bet you everyone in this room has felt that before, myself included. Okay, People can develop unhealthy fascinations with certain doctrines in the Bible, even the end times. I know some people that have been really uh, so addicted to end times teachings, it become an unhealthy obsession where that's all they can talk about. It's all they think about. That's not healthy. No matter what the the topic is, it's not healthy to be just one thing in mind like that. Even prayer can become a bondage uh, if you're led by guilt, condemnation, and shame. I know. It's like, well, what can we do then? <laughs> That's not. Well, there's potential in everything. You just have to have the Holy, Spirit, Holy Spirit's help to keep us from bondage. Yep. So whatever form of bondage there is, whatever form of bondage you have or you struggle with or you know someone with, Jesus is anointed to proclaim good news, liberty over your life and over that situation. Thank you. It was a delayed reaction there. I didn't know if I was, had some uh, latency going on or <laughs> some delay. Yeah, yeah. No matter what bondage it is, Jesus is known to preach liberty to you. Amen. It might look normal in the church. It might look normal in your family, but it's not normal in the kingdom. And he's anointed to break that thing in your life and bring liberty and freedom to you. Amen. Amen. Again, liberty means freedom. Pardon, deliverance, forgiveness, and remission. And again, remission means cancellation of a debt, a charge, or a penalty. So who is this liberty or freedom for? What's well, for, and who's this cancellation of debt for? It's for the captives, right? So the captives are these prisoners of war, but who are they? So to know who they are, we have to go back in time a little bit, back in the garden. Back in the garden of Eden, the devil had the battle with Adam. It might not look like a battle, but some battles are with words. 
but not all with guns and bows and arrows and things like that. It was a battle with words. It's the same battle that we struggle with today. This battle in our mind, this battle with words. And in the, in the, in the garden, Adam decided to believe the devil more than he believed God. And he obeyed the devil. And when he did, all the authority, the dominion that was given to Adam when he was created was transferred over to the devil. I have many verses I could show you this, but I'm not going to go into it today because I've shared it many times. But that's how Satan became the god of this world. It's in 2 Corinthians 4, 4. And that's how we all became prisoners of war. Let me show you one verse here, Romans 4, 7, 14. We know that the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. But well, when did that happen? It happened in the garden before you were even born. Our, our, our great, great, great granddaddy, Adam, when he did that, all that authority he was given was transferred over to the devil. That's why when Jesus rose from the dead, he said, all authority in heaven has now been given to me. He took it back. He took it back, and guess what? The devil's not getting it back again. He's not going to get it from Jesus. Amen? He's not. Adam may have messed up, but Jesus is not going to mess up. So... Um, the devil became like a taskmaster over this earth and influencing people to do bad things, say bad things, do bad things, treat people in a bad way. And taskmasters were in the Bible we see with the Egyptians. That's what they were called, the taskmasters who oversaw the slaves. We were slaves to sin and the devil was our taskmaster. Amen. But guess what Jesus came to do? Preach liberty. Liberty. That may have been a fact, but it's not a fact now. Amen. So what Adam did, in fact, impacted all of humanity, whether they are a believer, whether they believe in Jesus or not, whether they believe that there's a, in the Bible, they believe anything in creation or not, whether they believe it or not, it makes no difference. Every person on the planet, unless they are in Christ, is under the dominion of Satan's rule. They're under wrath, okay? Now, there's two groups impacted by this captivity. One group are those that are lost, either through ignorance or by the hardness of their heart, or then there's the group in the church that's, that's not heard the truth. They've heard part of the truth. They, get, they heard that if you believe in Jesus, when you die, you get to go to heaven, and that's pretty much the whole thing that they've heard. And then on top of that, you have to you add your church attendance to it, and you add this to it, and you add that to it, and you add all these things to it, and then you might be able to get to go to heaven when you did. Man, I don't know what Bible they're reading, but man, sometimes that stuff makes me frustrated and angry because I've met people that haven't heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. They don't even know if they're saved yet. They don't even know if they're going to heaven. They don't even know if heaven's in them. They don't even know if God loves them. They don't know if they're forgiven. Guess what? Because they've been not hearing the right thing. So because of ignorance, some people are blinded by this darkness. They can't see clearly. Or some of them, they're so far back in this cave, this prison so far back they can't even tell that the hinges have been the doors been taken off the hinges there's not even a, a cage there anymore the bars have been removed they can walk out anytime they want to they don't have to ask the devil's permission they don't have to, like Moses had to do with Pharaoh they're allowed to walk out march out go out in Jesus name when they want to they're so far back in the prison something they can't they don't even know the door's been removed and they need somebody to, that's anointed to proclaim good news to these captives that Jesus came to set them free. That's what he came for, amen, to set us free, set them free, set people free. So if you see someone that's in bondage, don't be like, oh my gosh, they're in bondage. Yes, we all are. And Jesus sets us free, amen. There shouldn't be any shock in that. We are prisoners of war that he's announced freedom to, and we need to tell others that they can be free. 
there shouldn't be anything that someone comes to you to and says that they're addicted to that you can't say, well, Jesus came to set you free. That's right. There's nothing. If there was something, Jesus would have said, you want to, what do you want me to do for you? Well, here's my menu. I'll do this, this, and this, and this, but I can't do that. And he goes, I want to receive my sight. Okay, I can do that one. Now, he would have given him a list, a little menu here. Like, you're good for your eyes. I'll give this one. No, 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 you can't have that. There is no, when you think about the sovereignty, the, the supremacy of God, the devil isn't like this close second place. Like, he's so far beneath his feet, so far, dominion and authority, so far, he is nothing compared to God. He is a created being that God created to be a, a, an angel that fell from heaven and when he did his, when pride was found in him. He is in no way comparable to God. But when we hear the, the, the message of the devil, the message of hell, and not the message of heaven, what's going to be in us is bondage and not liberty. Amen. Amen. The door has been taken off the hinges, and we are freely able to walk out anytime we want to. You know, uh, Holly and I had this kind of a strange wedding gift. They'll probably never hear this, so I'll say it anyway. But it was an odd wedding gift. But in, what do you give someone for getting married? I don't know. We got this bird cage, and it's about this big. And on it, it says Ryan and Holly, and there's two little birds on top, and there's a little, and little beads connecting the beaks together. And, and it was just a decorative thing at our wedding. We, we still have it. I was going to take a picture and show you this morning, but I didn't. But anyway, but for whatever reason, uh, Holly's name's written over here, my name's written over here. Whatever reason, the glue on my little birdie thing, he kept, fall, he kept coming undone, he'd fall off. I'm like, well, why is my bird falling off, not Holly's bird falling off? Why, why is it me? And so I put it back up there, we glue it, put it back up there, and next thing you know, it wouldn't be no time, that bird fall back down up there. I'm like, what is the deal? Why, why is my bird falling off and not her bird falling off? So sometimes we take the bird, we'd stick it in the little fake bird, stick it in the bird cage, and just put it there, we'll, we'll fix it later because we didn't have time. But sometimes I'd be laying on the bed and I could see that bird thing over top of our mirror and I'm like, I'm seeing like, why is my bird in the cage and her bird's up there looking so happy and full of joy and whatever and this little bead's coming off its beak and I'm, I'm in this cage. And so one day I was just like kind of praying, asking God about like, I don't, I don't like this picture. Like internally I feel like there's something true about this picture. And he said, the door's open. You might feel that way, but the door is open. You can walk out anytime you want to. You don't have to ask the devil's permission to get free. You don't have to ask his permission like he, like he had to with Moses had to with Pharaoh. We don't have to ask the devil anything. Amen. Jesus set us free. Romans 10, 14, going back to how will they know. It says, how then can, they, can you call on the one whom they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? Someone needs to tell them the anointed message that Jesus came to set us free. Amen. Amen. Every single one of us. To me, it's similar to the story of Abraham Lincoln when he signed the Emancipation Proclamation. You know, not everybody was found out about it. Not everybody was told. And I'm sure many of them that were told had lots of questions. What does this mean? What does this mean for my life? Are we allowed to just leave and go wherever we want to? Are we allowed to buy land now? Are we allowed to be homeowners? Are we allowed to vote? I mean, they had try to figure out what are they allowed to do? What's going on now? But for other people, some didn't have to read. Some of them were not even told. They were not even told they were free. Right. It's because they weren't told they were free. They stayed, some of them, in slavery for years working for free as if they were someone's product, someone owns them, like, own, like just, it's wrong if you don't know it's wrong, it's totally wrong, uh, acting that they own them, and then well, all the while they were free that entire time. 
And what they're missing was nobody told them. And I tell you, we need to tell people that Jesus came to set us free. Amen. We are free from the devil. We are free from his lies. We're free from his power, free from his dominion, free from his darkness, free from every work of the devil. We, the sun sets free, is free indeed. It's free indeed. The door is taken off the hinges. Amen. We can walk out anytime we want to. We don't need to feel sorry for ourselves. We're like, oh, well, Pastor, if you knew my life, if you knew this, and you know what? I would, if I knew your life, I would feel sorry for some things you've gone through. I'm sure you've been through some hard stuff. Everyone in here has. But he's still anointed to tell you that you're free. Amen. You're free. You don't have to stay there anymore. The door is open. Amen. Amen. Um, sadly, I think this, like the, uh, the Emancipation Proclamation, sadly, in the church, many people have never been told what they're free of. They've just been told, make sure you come to church every Sunday morning, every Sunday night. Make sure you be there every Wednesday night or you're going to hell. They may not say you're going to hell. They make you feel like you're going to go to hell if you don't participate in the church activities of church attendance. Now, guess what? I want you to be here, but I'm not going to tell you that you're going to hell because you didn't go here. <laughs> Praise God. That is stupid. I'm sorry. I need, to, I need a drink of water or something. <laughs> that is just dumb. Uh, Jesus came to set us free. He's our Father. He saved us. Yes, we should go to church because He loves us, not, but not because we have, we're earning something from Him. It's because He's provided something for us, and we should come together to celebrate what He's done for us. Amen? Amen. Amen. But some people, they, they, they never hear it. Yeah. Every Sunday, it's talking about sin. Don't do this. Don't do that. You got to stop lying. You got to stop cheating. You got to stop swearing. You got to stop drinking. You got to stop doing this. You got to stop doing that. And it all, it all becomes about your individual behavior. Right. As if you had something you could do to stop that. When you are captive, when you are a captive, a prisoner of war, you might have a few good days. You might have a few good weeks where you don't struggle in a certain area of your life. But until the Lord Jesus himself sets you free, you're going to still be a prisoner of war. And guess what? If you don't know that he's anointed to do it, if you don't know that he still cares enough to do it, or you're just going to suck it up, buttercup, and live this life like tough, and when you get to heaven, it's going to be good. If that's all you know, guess what? You're going to believe for nothing, and you're going to experience nothing. When he said he wants you to enjoy the goodness of God in the land of the living. Not, yeah. What do you need when you get to heaven? What do, what do you need it to be good? It's going to be great there. You don't have to worry about it. You need goodness of God now. Amen? Amen. 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 So he, we've been set free from our taskmaster. We don't have to ask the devil permission for anything. Amen? Amen. He's defeated, disarmed, dethroned. Uh, and we don't have to. So, but many people haven't been told. And for sadly, for many people, their life is very... There's very little difference before they were saved to after. They watch the same shows. They go to the same places. They do the same stuff. There, there's no real transformation that happens. And guess why? They haven't been hearing the word. They've been hearing a condemnation word. Guilt trips and manipulation. You got to come to church to make the pastor look good because when the seats are all full, he looks like he's a really gifted pastor. Man, that's, that's garbage. I can say that because I'm a pastor's kid. I grew up in church my whole life. When I was four or five days old, I was probably at church. I'm telling you, Jesus is alive, and he wants to be alive in your life, bringing liberty to captives, setting them free. 
It's not a theory. It's not a philosophy. It's a reality of who we are in Christ. He wants you to experience it. Not just look at somebody else like me with Holly's bird. Oh, she looks so happy there. My bird's in the cage. But he wants you to experience this liberty. Amen? Not just hear about it. But guess what? You're going to have to hear the truth because the truth sets us free. So Jesus came to do something about our current situation. He did because he cared and loves us. John 10.10 says this. The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. And we've all experienced stuff from the thief in our lifetime. We all have, every one of us. But Jesus went on to say, I have come that they may have life and and they have it more abundantly. And yet people want to say, oh man, people, religion wants to say that don't talk about prosperity. What do you think abundance means? Now, okay, I'm not just limited to money because money is money is so has such little value compared to relationships, compared to heaven, compared to all that. But it does have value, and we do need it on this earth. All through all through time, people have needed money. But He came to have give you an abundant life. Amen. Do you think that's good? Yes. So I would think that's my emotional life, my relationship life, every kind of way of life He wants you to, to thrive in. He wants to be growing. So the thief came to steal, kill, and destroy. And uh, that we said, uh, Jesus wants it to come to have abundant life. That life is found in his son. The Bible says, he who has a son has life. He who does not have a son does not have life. So the words the Bible uses to describe humanity before salvation are words like slave, bound, bondage, captive, prisoner, uh, blind, oppressed. And there's probably a bunch of other words the Bible uses to describe uh, sinner, a bunch of things to describe us before. But these words don't describe the abundant life of Jesus. They describe the life connected to the thief. Those are not adjectives of heaven. Amen? Amen. <laughs> Hope that was an adjective. I'm not an English major. But, <laughs> but uh, if people are going, going to get set free from bondage and oppression, they're going to have to hear the words of the abundant life of the anointed one, Jesus. They're going to need to hear it. You know, it's funny. This week, somebody called me yeah, from, uh, from a sermon last Sunday where I mentioned Sozo ministry and how we're going to start on the 30th uh, Sozo training and teaching on that. And they, they thought that I was saying Sozo, like S-O-S-O, like Sozo. And I think uh, for a lot of people, I think that's what the kind of life that they think that God wants you to have, just a so-so. Just so-so. Just a so-so life. How do you want to, so so, it's okay, just not, 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 not too good, not too bad, it's, it's better than I deserve, better than some, uh, just, just so so, that's good enough for me. No, it's S O Z O, just you know, it's, so it's so so. But uh, no, God did not come, God didn't send Jesus, you have a so so life. It doesn't say that. He said, He, want, he came this way that you would have an abundant life, have it to the full, have it to the max until it overflows. Amen. That's emotionally, that's spiritually, it's financially, it's in health. In every way you could be blessed, like you'd be blessed in heaven, that is the message of the kingdom. It's his kingdom come, your will be done on earth just like heaven. If you see it in heaven, that's part of the Lord's prayer. Amen. That you learn in Sunday school. It's part of his prayer. So Jesus came that we would have life and have it more abundantly. I love how it's worded in the Passion Translation. This is the one I put on the screen on the PowerPoint, John Ray. But I have come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect, life in its fullness until you overflow. Amen. 
Amen. I think we need to have uh, maybe tonight's service we can call the overflow. We need to have some overflow. Just realize how blessed we really are because of Jesus. Amen. There's an anointed message about it. He's anointed to preach it. Amen. Liberty to the captives. We should be overflowing with the life and love of Jesus in our lives. And how's it going to happen? By experiencing Jesus and believing what he said. Amen. Amen. So uh, we've been, but we haven't, been, we haven't been hearing this message. The reason why more people are not experiencing this is because we've been hearing we're going to sin every day in mind, thought, and deed. We've been hearing stuff, that, that sounds like bondage to me. I mean, if you're going to do something every single day in your mind, in your thoughts, in your deed, that sounds like bondage. If you can't stop it, if you can't stop something, you're bound to something, that sounds like bondage. And he came to preach liberty to those that are bound. Amen? So we've been hearing stuff like we're still sinners and, oh, come on, pastor, we're only human. And, you know, that's just the way I am. That's just the way I was. And that's just whatever. That's just a bunch of hogwash is what it is. Amen? It's not the gospel of Jesus. Amen? We've been hearing this watered-down, powerless message and wondering why people aren't getting more free. Amen. But it doesn't matter if they're free as long as we have good church attendance and the bills are paid. I'm telling you, we need to have the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God in our lives. We can help our friends and brothers and sisters, whether they're in the church or not in the church. We have something overflowing on the inside of us. The river of life flowing out of me and lakes the lame to walk and the blind to see opens prison doors, sets captives free. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. That's through the Holy Spirit. The life is in the Spirit, the Bible says. Amen. So we've been, we've been hearing these other sermons, though, from experiential sermons from pastors that have had bad experiences and had struggles. They turn these experiences, these personal struggles, into sermons and expectation. This is how life's supposed to be, because if it happened to me, it's going to happen to everybody. Because it's, No, that's not the gospel. It's not the gospel. Bad things do happen to people. Bad things happen to good people sometimes. But that's not the gospel that we're supposed to preach. It's experiential sermons. That's not what we're called to preach. We're supposed to preach liberty to the captives. You are not bound anymore. You don't have to be imprisoned anymore. You don't, the doors have been removed. You've been set free, and he who the sun sets free is free indeed. Amen. You don't have to sin anymore. Now, I know that's, a, that's a, like a, people like, don't take my sin from me. That's like this precious thing to them. I, I don't know what, I mean, but the Bible came to destroy our addictions. Our bondages. And the number one thing we were bound to was the devil, which included his works, which includes sin. Amen. Amen. Sometimes we just like our sin. Man, I feel lonely all of a sudden. Okay? Sometimes we like it. And we don't want to hear a pastor say, you don't have to do that anymore. Because you like the excuse, well, I'm only human. I got to do this and I got to do that. You know, come on. That is not in the Bible. That's not the voice of liberty. That's the voice of, I don't know, another song. <laughs> Some whiner. But anyway, um, John 8, 31 and 32 says this. Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my words, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. John eight thirty five. Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Galatians 5.1, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ made us free and do not be entangled again by a yoke of slavery. Right. So what were we set free from? Everything. Yeah. 
Everything, any name that can be named under heaven, everything, everything. And if you're not there yet, guess what? You are free from it. You do not feel it experientially yet in your soul realm, your mind, will, emotions. But because Jesus said it, it's still true. You've been released. The debt's been paid. It's been erased. It's canceled. It's thrown in the sea of forgetfulness. It's gone. There's no demon in hell that can hold you. There's no, the devil himself can't hold you. The gates of hell cannot prevail against the church because Jesus took care of him. Yes. Amen. I think we preached a great big devil and a little, little bitty God, and it's a, it's a shame. Yeah. It's a shame. Yeah, it is. So what are you free from? Everything. Romans 6, 6 says this, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. Amen. Yes. Amen. Wow. Let's stop making excuses. If you have a, if you struggle with some kind, something that's considered sin, there is liberty, there is freedom for it. We don't have to pacify it and pretend like it's what's well, just come on, it's just how I am. No, you can get free from it. You can get delivered from it. You can get released from captivity to it because it's bondage. Amen. Amen. I don't know where to look right now because I don't know if you're liking it or if you don't like it because if, if I'm touching someone's toes here or something. But, I mean, we can, we can live with the devil if we want to. We can keep him around like a pet. We can keep him around. And, and in the church world, it can be socially acceptable to be whatever. You can find someone that's going to believe with you and agree with you on stuff. But Jesus came to set you free. Yes. Romans six eleven says this in the same way. Count yourself dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. He said, they, they tell you, you're going to sin every day, but he says here, count yourself dead to it. Romans 6, 18, and having been set free from sins, you, shall be, you become slaves to righteousness. Okay, we are not bound to sin anymore. We are not bound to the devil anymore. We're actually bound to righteousness, which is means we're bound to right standing with God. Amen. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's a good trade. Beautiful exchange. All right, so... Um, yes. <laughs> Um, yeah. Amen. You know, I did, I did for a long time feel like that bird in that cage, and I think that's why that really annoyed me, that my dang bird kept falling off that thing. It did bother me. It really did. I have some, days, not, some days more than others. But the reason why it bothered me because I felt like that bird in the cage. Yeah. I felt like there was something about me that wasn't right. There was, something, there was bondage there. There was something just like, why did, I mean... Why does her bird ever fall off? Holly, she used to get on my nerves. <laughs> her freedom got on my nerves. <laughs> it did, because I was jealous of it. She, we're going through the exact same situations, the exact same financial situation, exact same family stuff. Everything's identical. So, yep, she's walking through the house whistling and singing, and I'm walking through the house like, oh, man, I'm going to get that guy, this stupid thing, and I'm grumbling and complaining in my heart. And... Uh, and there was no difference in our lives except for how I was going through my life. But you know what? One thing I will say, I wasn't content to stay there. Amen. I saw it in the Word of God that He paid for my liberty. He paid for my freedom. And it wasn't instantly overnight. Some, some of it took time. It wasn't instantly like it was in, in the fiery furnace when, the, when, the, when the, the bands burnt off with fire and they were let go or the shackles fell off of Paul in the prison. It wasn't instantly for some, 
some things, some things it was, but the Lord Jesus has set me free. My bird's been on top of that cage for a long time. The last time I glued it, it stayed. I didn't use a hammer and nail either. Sometimes it stayed there. And guess what? I'm staying there too because he's anointed to get us free. We don't have to stay there. Amen? The door has been opened. The door has been opened. You know, there's a, a song I was singing in my head this week. It's an oldie, but a goodie, but up from the grave he arose. And uh, I think I got the words there for you. But low in the grave he lay, Jesus my Savior, waiting the coming day, Jesus my Lord. Up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph over his foes. He arose a victor from the dark domain, and he lives forever with his saints to reign. He arose, he arose, hallelujah, Christ arose. You guys remember singing this? Look at this next verse. Death cannot keep his prey, Jesus my Savior. He tore the bars away, Jesus my Lord. That's awesome right there. There The prison bars have been removed. What kind of prisoner would stay in the prison when the doors were gone? A dumb one. You'd have to be blind or so far back in the cave you couldn't see it or something, something would have to be wrong to stay there. And I'm telling you, too many of the church have stayed right there and thought nothing in their life is ever going to get better until the sweet by and by. It's not right. Up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph over his foes. He arose a victor over the dark domain. He lives forever the saints to reign. He arose, he arose. Hallelujah, Christ arose. I'm going to close reading this verse from Colossians 2, 14 and 15. I'm going to read it to you from the Passion Translation. This is the truth that sets you free. It's the power of God unto your salvation. It's the power of God to your emotional health. It's the power of God unto your salvation. He canceled out every legal violation we had on our record and the old arrest warrant that stood to indict us. He erased it all, our sins, our stained soul. He deleted it all, and they cannot be retrieved. Like some missing emails and stuff like that. They just can't be, can't be found. <laughs> Everything we once were in Adam have been placed on his cross and nailed permanently, keep it on this first minute, and nailed permanently there as a public display of cancellation. I'll read that last part again. Everything we once were in Adam has been placed onto his cross and nailed permanently there as a public display of their cancellation. Every time you see the cross, you're like, it's canceled, it's finished, it's over. I was guilty, but now I'm innocent because of Jesus. It's been erased, amen? And the next verse... Then Jesus made a public spectacle of all the powers and principalities of darkness, stripping away from them every weapon and all their spiritual authority and power to accuse us. And by the power of the cross, Jesus led them around as prisoners in a procession of triumph. He was not their prisoner. They were his. Amen. Amen. He who the Son set free, sets free is free indeed. And Jesus is anointed today still to preach liberty to the captives. Amen. 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 So today, if you're in bondage to something, don't let religion tell you it's okay. Don't tell you, well, it's okay. Everyone struggles with gossip. It's okay. Everyone struggles with jealousy. It's okay. Everyone struggles with these socially acceptable sins in the church that are actually demonically inspired. There is no jealousy in heaven. 
It's not a small sin on the list. There is no jealousy. There is, I don't know if I said that right, but anyway. It's, there's no socially acceptable thing. If you're bound to something, he can set you free. It doesn't matter if your mom did it, your dad did it, your grandma did it, and aunt and uncle cousin did it. He wants you free. And so you can walk in the same house like I did and with someone else that's free, and uh, like I was with Holly, and be very, very frustrated. Or you can spend time with Jesus and let him liberate you. Amen. Amen. So today you might find yourself in bondage. There's things you can't stop. Addictions you can't break. Uh, negative beliefs that cause anxiety and fear. Jesus is anointed to help you with that. Yeah. You don't have to be like a religion and put a mask on and pretend like it does not exist. It does not exist. It doesn't exist. No, no, that's not freedom. That's delusionalism. And that's, uh, I don't know, denial. You don't have to deny that they exist. You confess that this is going on in your life. Bring it to Jesus and he brings liberty and freedom into that area of your life. Every single area of your life. Amen. Amen. So... Um, Jesus' anointed, uh, anointed message of liberty for you, freedom, pardon, deliverance, forgiveness, and remission. It is a message of hope, a message declaring cancellation of debt, cancellation of the charges, and cancellation of the penalty for your sins. Amen. Um, I want to close today with a song because I want us to celebrate that the prison doors have been removed and we don't have to stay there. If you want to stay there, Jesus will let you stay wherever you're at. In your spiritual journey, he'll let you stay there. But let's, not, let's, let's call it what it is, an excuse, and not what something else is. Because religion won't help you, but Jesus will. Right. Are you guys okay? Yes. I'm hoping that's landed the right way. Because what I'm trying to say is there's nothing you're ever going to experience in your life that Jesus is not anointed to help you with. You know, some people get addicted to drugs on no, no, problem, no fault of their own even. They get a back injury or something like that. Or something happened to their knee or their ankle. They start taking opium. They start taking, next thing you know, they're addicted to this, addicted to that. And guess what? They didn't really do anything wrong. They just follow their doctor's prescription and stuff. Guess what? There's liberty for the captives. No matter what the scenario, no matter what the situation, no matter whose fault he said, she said, there's liberty, there's freedom, there's release from captivity because of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You guys will stand. I think these guys are ready. We're going to sing about how we, uh, God called us out of that grave.